This is the Recorded Conversations Podcast, the podcast dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in an authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. today, but I need to share something with you. So here's a little backstory. I can't stand the red pill movement. Okay. Now we're talking about the matrix and Neo and the red pill and the blue pill and Morpheus and consciousness. I'm on board. But the red pill movement was co-opted by misogynists, by emotionally retarded, extreme extraordinarily vulnerable, insecure men, okay? I'm being honest. Y'all like the brutal truth. So the manosphere is not an encouraging community that edifies men and that encourages men to be accountable and responsible and adaptable. What the manosphere encourages is hatred towards women and objectification of women. And even more than that, what I need to point out that's exclusively important here, the red pill movement uses the very men that attach themselves to this collective and exploits you. Okay, let me break this down. They take your pain and your suffering and your detrimental experiences They take your emotional experiences, your heartbreak, right? Your bad experience with marriage and and all the turmoil you went through through your divorce. They take all your stories and they pretend that they're listening to you, right? But what happens is all we do in in that arena is exploit the emotions and continue and perpetuate emotional triggering. And that group, it is literally an obstacle to individual healing, Okay, because it exploits the male painful experience. And all it does is just regurgitates the rhetoric of the emotional activation, right? These people who place themselves on these pedestals as the leading red pill influencer, right? Or have these red pill podcasts. That's what they do. They take everyone's stories and they're like, we're going to talk about this. And they, oh, you find resonance in what they're talking about because you went through it. Oh my God, that's so relatable. It's like your story. And all they do is they just keep talking about it and keep activating that pain, keep opening up that wound. And then what is the edification and encouragement they offer you? Remain alone. You're better off alone. And you know damn well that's not true. You know damn well deep down inside you're like, that can't be the answer. Just be alone. I can't have love. Because what else does the red pill movement do? It makes men compare themselves to one another. Like it creates an unnecessary competition. Alphas and betas. High value and low value. Mid. Rankings. Numbers. Categories. Hierarchies. And they feed you pseudoscience. And because it's it's some compilation of data, they can convince you that 
it's scientific. You know, scientific just means that it went through a, a method and a process. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And, and whoever's running the experiment or the study can always have a bias. And I wish people would remember that when they delude themselves with this data to the point that they won't even have their own unique individual experience. And that's the other thing that the red pill movement is robbing the individual man of his own individual lived experience. And so I recognize all this. I've been trying to find ways to communicate this. You know, the majority of my followers on TikTok are male. And if I say anything that could be remotely perceived as negative toward a man, the, the, the butthurtness is overwhelming. And, you know, I've tiptoed around it. I've been tiptoeing around it. I don't want to tiptoe around it anymore. That's what this episode is about. I am drawing to your attention that the red pill movement, the manosphere, the lookism, the incel crowd, th these, these are not communities that are going to help you boister any self-confidence and self-esteem. These are not groups of people that care about you. All anybody is doing is just bouncing their pain off of one another and, and hiding in fear. Because if you hear enough about these bad experiences with women, you're going to start believing that all women are bad and scary and unreliable and just want to use you as an ATM machine until they cheat on you. And that's seriously, that's not what's going on. Like if you step out into the real world, you'll realize you can have the love that you want. But what happens is these people join this red pill movement, this intangible uh, uh Meta metaphysical ideal like right it's not a real physical tangible like group of people it's not like these people know each other right and, and they think they built some some virtual community that's going to offer them what substitution for physical authentic connection and love hell no no it's a separatist movement it's a destructive movement it's a disconnecting and divisive movement it is an agenda and all of these red pillars, they're just agent smiths. They just want you to be alone. Next thing you know, what they'll be telling you is maybe you should just consider being gay, you know? Because like at least you'll be with someone who's like you. I mean, the agenda is just going to keep expanding, unfolding. And under the guise of, of what, stoicism? Well, but really what's happening is they're urging you to, you know, literally end your genetic legacy yeah and most people don't realize that but what they're doing is they're exploiting the emotional triggers of men it's literally advertising 101 appeal to emotion how do you draw someone in you appeal to the emotion if you are part of the red pill movement and you are you're you've got this platform how do you need to draw in people? You need to appeal to their emotion. Well, what's your shtick? Well, you're butthurt because you had a shitty relationship. You haven't learned how to take accountability for it and heal from it. So you live perpetually stuck in your pain and your fear and your not enoughness and your insecurity. But in that misery, you know damn well you want company, so you need to draw other people in. Appeal to emotion. Misery loves company. They draw you in and then they continue to exploit your emotional activations, exploit your triggers, keep you enraged and mad and depressed and sad. And then what they do is they convince you that most of you are, are mediocre. 
you're you're not even mid. You like you just might as well accept the reality that you're just never going to be good enough. So just go be alone, be a hermit. Like who? What? That's horrible. That's horrible advice. Just being honest, man. No, these men are like making it easier to compete for women by convincing the majority of men that they shouldn't even fucking try. You should stay locked in your basement listening to my podcast and listening to me repeat all these horrific stories of all these other people who tried at love and failed so you shouldn't even try. All you're doing is you're making the dating pool easier for them to swim around in. Seriously. It's such a fucking obvious agenda. Like, I don't know why people don't see it. They're convincing you to disconnect from even thinking you deserve love. You're too ugly. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too autistic. Like, hello? That is, what? Who does that? So the red pill community, they don't they don't care about you. Even the, you people in there, you don't care about anybody else. You only care about your pain. Y'all keep each other trapped in your pain. Trapped. And it's like you, you stay locked in PTSD. You stay locked in PTSD the longer you stand in the TRP and in that manosphere. So anyway, so I have these thoughts. These are my opinions. I'm sharing them with you. And this brought me to asking Google a question. The question I asked Google was, does the red pill manosphere exploit emotions. And then all of these studies popped up. One in particular caught my eye specifically because of the title of the study. It is called, quote, Swallowing and Spitting Out the Red Pill, Young Men, Vulnerability, and Radicalization Pathways in the Manosphere. This was a study that was conducted by Matteo Bato and Lucas Goetzen. This was published in the Journal of Gender Studies. It was received April 5th, 2022, and it was accepted into the articles on September 13th, 2023. So this is an actual study I'm looking at. And so I'm going to read you the abstract, and then I'm going to read you some things that stuck out to me. So bear with me. There's a lot of reading here. But I think if you if you have curiosity about the red pill movement, or maybe you've had theories about the red pill movement, or maybe you just like listening to my voice, whatever it may be, listen. Let's go through this study. Here's the abstract. During the last decades, new forms of men's rights activism have emerged, commonly referred to as the manosphere. This loosely connected misogynistic online movement particularly attracts young men. Its shared ideology is the red pill, a neoconservative ideology that adopts essentialist notions of gender and sexuality and selectively employs evolutionary psychology to support male supremacy. While the discourses of the manosphere have been mapped, Little research exists on how and why young men join and leave such misogynistic groups. This article contributes to critical youth and feminist scholarship by analyzing the gender dynamics of online misogynistic radicalization pathways. Based on narratives shared on the Reddit community for former red pillars, this article explores 30 young men's experiences of entering and exiting the manosphere and details the essential role of vulnerability in the processes. 
the stories are synthesized into three phases to illustrate the paths in and out of the manosphere. So are you with me so far? All right. So basically what they go and do is they go and they follow 30 anonymous posters on Reddit and they tabulate all of their posts and they build a story based on what these individuals were posting about what they were acknowledging as they were moving through their process and in either the red pill movement or men going their own way basically under this umbrella of manosphere now you might have gotten a little activated by the way the abstract was worded but i'm going to invite you in to kind of sit in just an objective realm for a minute with an open mind and realize that you know most studies have an obvious bias or a hypothesis or a theory and so we're not gonna get all caught up in the words I think what's really important here is I I want to read to you what former red pillars have recognized and and started perceiving through their own individual process and experience with the red pill movement. That's the most important, right? I know a lot of people are like, well, it's anecdotal or personal. It doesn't fucking matter. But like, that's literally where studies come from, the individual, personal, own anecdotal experience. And then it's the conglomeration of them all. So what's important is we listen to the stories. We're listening to what the men came to realize as they swallowed and spit out the red pill. So where do I want to start here? So we'll start with talking about what the red pill ideology is. TRP ideology is an amalgam of concepts and ideas that promote male supremacy and aims to free men from a society considered gynocentric and misandrist. To this end, it draws selectively on popularized forms of evolutionary psychology and claims that sexual difference is essential and natural. The underlying premise is that evolution has formed gender relations so that men and women have developed divergent reproductive strategies and mating preferences, an assumption used to present a sexual hierarchy where women are hypergamous and only desire the most attractive men or the ones with the highest social status. Hypergamy is argued to have been exacerbated by the rise of feminism, the decline of marriage, the liberation of women, the sexual revolution, and lately by online dating. This is considered to have benefited a small group of successful men, so-called alpha males, since appearance is increasingly important. In TRP logic, a person has a, quote, sexual market value based on image, income, and social status. Look, money, status, LMS. To be sexually successful, men need to have a high LMS score, which may be increased by looks maxing the body and behaving like an alpha. Still, women could also be willing to date regular beta guys to exploit them emotionally and financially. While promoting a heteronormative and hierarchical worldview where heterosexual men fiercely compete against each other on a sexual market, red pillars also nourish resentment against women and their rights. 
TRPI ideology is therefore an illustrative example of what Ward has termed the misogyny paradox, wherein boys' and men's desires for girls and women is expressed within a border culture that encouraged them to also hate girls and women. TRP ideology generally depicts women as controlling, manipulative, and treacherous for withholding sex from men, demanding resources, and giving little back. In contrast, men are regarded as rational, honorable, and victims of forces beyond their control. Since feminists attempt to change gender relations, red pillars see feminism as toxic propaganda that undermines natural sexual differences and makes women unavailable to men. TRP ideology claims that feminism has promoted women's economic and reproductive interests too far, so men are now discriminated against and have become victims in society. Red Pillar's resentment at times includes advocating sexual and physical violence against women since they do not give men what they are entitled to. Now, that's a steep, hefty explanation of the Red Pill ideology, and mm, it's also pretty darn accurate. Okay, so I just want to keep going here because there's just, there's just, pieces throughout this study. I'm not going to read you the whole study. It'd take me forever. But there's some pieces that, like like I said, share their former red pillars view and overall impressions. And I just think they're really important to point out, right? And again, what this is about is how, and, and this is what the conclusion will show too. And I'll read through the conclusion later. But the conclusion will show that when men are feeling vulnerable, they're more impressionable. And so what my encouragement would be, even even after we go through all this, my encouragement is that we recognize that if we don't understand how to address our vulnerabilities and how to express them, we can basically be hypnotized. And we don't want that, right? We want to be in individual control of our own thoughts. And we don't need to let someone else think for us. So here I go. Young men are not necessarily drawn to extremist movements because they share the ideology from the onset. Similarly, few former red pillars embraced the red pill ideology before entering the manosphere. Instead, they write about friends suggesting them to watch the TRP content, encountering manosphere online communities by chance, or social media platforms recommending such content. One former writes, I started browsing LooksMax two months ago. I found a thread about COVID vaccine, and from there I started browsing the forum for hours. Another user comments on how he was introduced to pickup artists. I don't know when or why my recommended feed started getting them, but suddenly they were filled with Stevis Cold and MJ Get Right videos. The most common argument for being attracted to Manosphere communities was that young men felt vulnerable. As a former Red Pillar writes, because I was a vulnerable young man, I was easily manipulated into buying into their BS. Vulnerability mostly meant experiencing dating issues, relationship failure, being sexually inexperienced, or going through difficulties in life. 
Some mention troubling relationships with abusive or emotionally distant fathers, while others write about bullying and loneliness as a 17-year-old who argues that, quote, I found it hard to keep friends, which has had, had made my self-esteem absolutely dog crap. Through this low self-esteem and self-loathing, I began to isolate myself away from the world. He spent his days playing video games and watching pornography and finally discovered the red pill movement when attempting to, quote, better myself and my social skills. In the following, a college student claims that his vulnerable state and time alone during the COVID pandemic facilitated his entrance to men going their own way, a manosphere group that encourages men to refrain from interacting with women. I'm 19 and in my second year of college. Honestly, college has not been a great experience for me. I'm not really close to anyone. I've been humiliated twice in one year, and this has made me feel distrustful of most people. About five months ago, I discovered men going their own way and the red pill. Thanks to the lockdown and my vulnerable state, I was drawn to it. I found most of the posts and the men going their own way really fascinating, and I blindly followed them. Feminist scholars have pointed out that young men are often pressured to adhere to gender norms and coaxed to demonstrate themselves as sexually experienced to prove masculinity. This is echoed in the present stories, as the most common cause of being attracted to the red pill content was difficulty meeting expectations of heterosexual masculinity. The former red pillars emphasized feeling miserable for not having a girlfriend or having had sex. One former writes that, quote, around my junior year of college, I stumbled on posts on Reddit about men going their own way. Given my lack of success in dating, I was vulnerable and could be easily influenced by this way of thinking. An 18-year-old man also connects his recurrent dating failures to getting involved in various manosphere groups. I am an 18-year-old autistic male who's been addicted to red pill, lookasm, and incel boards for almost three years now. I did have one date in early 2019 and the girl was attracted to me and started kissing me, but I was attracted to her. I still went along with it though because I thought I probably won't get this opportunity for a long time. That's one success I had with girls in my life. Another former Red Pillar highlights his desire for a sexual relationship during his high school years is central for being attracted to the manosphere. I learned about pickup artists like RSD towards the end of high school. I was always friend-zoned and constantly peer-pressured by other male friends that I needed to have sex. As a young, naive guy, I listened to these pickup artists, and it all made sense. I had to have a game. So did you catch that? Like, so other men, like, make other men feel miserable, probably in their later adolescence, early adulthood, about their sexual success. And, okay, so I, I think... I can recognize that, that locker room talk you've heard about. Men are always competing with each other. They're always comparing scores, notches, right? And so I don't know what happened. Is it men? God, that that, that brings up an interesting theory. Did men like lose like their ability to be gentlemen, you know, and locker room talk became so normalized that maybe it started leaking out of the locker room and it's, I don't know, like what is that, that we can't sit here and point our fingers at women talking about how women are the reason that men are in this position because you know we can't deny that 
overwhelmingly men are struggling in society right now, in modern society for whatever reason. And is it high single mothers raising boys who don't have the proper dynamic they need that's essential to teaching them how to develop their masculinity? That could be one way of looking at it. You know, is it is it porn? Honestly, I mean, let's have a serious conversation about that. Maybe porn is negatively influencing people, right? I've had Dr. David Lay on here. He is a proponent of porn. He's researched porn. His claims and his studies demonstrate that porn isn't an issue, but I can't help but wonder if it is, you know, and, and maybe it's just a compilation of everything. And maybe men are struggling with women being more independent and more educated and, and, and advancing in, in, in the workforce at, at higher rates than men, right? And maybe that's starting to make men feel nervous, anxious, paranoid. Um, you know, if you start taking it, if it, here's what I look at it. If men overall look at the progress women have made as a collective and take that personally, as if it somehow takes away from you because she's stepping into her higher self and her highest capabilities. Like, what does that say about like the condition of the male mind? Is it that fragile? You know, I don't believe it is. I don't believe my husband would ever feel threatened if I was the breadwinner. You know what I mean? Um, I get more attention on social media than my husband as if that means anything, but does it mean anything? I don't know. Um, but it's just the competition thing is it maybe are, are men trying to compete with women now, you know, and that's the other thing I don't do in my marriage. We competition is ridiculous. What do we have to compare ourselves for? Like we were drawn to each other because we were different. We're not trying to compare each other. We like it that we're different. Like that's great. I don't know. Just some, just some things that circulate, you know, but it's like, are men making other men feel miserable? Is it projection? Are men just projecting their own insecurities and then they go and attack other men or accuse other men and make other men feel bad? And, you know, these pickup artists, are they really encouraging? Are they teaching men to step into like how to build a self-esteem and how to step into like authentic confidence or... Are they just teaching men to activate egos and not learn how to deal with like the mental and emotional responses that come with whatever role they're trying to step into so they can get their game on with women? And then this other idea, now this is something I have heard echo through so many different dimensions of my life is this, that story about the man who just went ahead and kept making out with her and did things with her even though he wasn't attracted to her because he might not have another opportunity. And isn't this an interesting paradox, right? And on the one hand, the the overarching rhetoric of the red pill is women are hoes and women with high body counts are useless and worthless and 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 yet and and, and they can just hoe through everybody and they don't even care and blah blah blah. But then you hear these stories of men, and this is not the first story I've heard. I've heard married men say this to me, is that I didn't want it or I wasn't attracted or I didn't really want to have anything with her. But like, I don't know when I'm going to get laid again. And okay, so like what, what kind of mindset do you have about yourself? Like that, I don't know, that you need to have sex even if you don't even like the person you're having sex with. How do you do that? you know, and, you know, can we stand in some accountability? If this is, 
And this is, this is a typical experience for younger men right now in the dating scene where they're just taking what they can get. Okay, well, I mean, what do you have? Do you, do you just not value yourself? You know, and isn't that, isn't that kind of like a denial of dignity? Like, why would you give yourself to someone else if, you know, I know men think about that. Don't sit here and try and tell me men don't care about an emotional bond. Bullshit. You're lying to yourselves. You swallowed the red pill. And so you actually believe that you should be led around your life by your fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. And that's bullshit. Don't reduce yourself to your erection. That's what they would have you convinced to do, to reduce yourself to your erection, reduce yourself to a sometimes spontaneous response. You're not in control of yourself. You're just a man. I want to say who would go into business with a man who had an attitude like that? If you can't even own your sexuality, if you can't even own your sexual responses, if you can't even stand in ownership of like yourself as an autonomous individual who has strength of mind and will, like why would anyone want to hire you? Why would anyone want to like engage you? You know what I mean? Like what you're t- what, what the red pill men tell me is they have no personal responsibility for their own bodies and they have no responsibility for their own thoughts and uh, they don't have needs. They're simple. They're so basic. They're so easily entertained. And I'm like, so why do we keep reducing the man? Why do you keep letting other men reduce you? Why do you keep letting other men convince you that like they know better for you than you do? I don't know. These are the questions I have. But I'm going to continue on with another part of the study that I want to read to you. So here we go. Closely related to the former stories of not living up to expectations of being sexually successful were experiences of not meeting gendered body ideals. I am short, 5'9", bespectacled, scrawny, moderately autistic, and I have limited experience with women, two sexual acts, no relationship. When I was an undergraduate, I heard that a woman I was interested in called me cute. It haunts me to this day. Cute is only a compliment to infants and puppies, not grown men. Cute men are the sort of men who get cheated on. Being called cute by a woman is the same as saying, you're a good friend, but I would never sleep with you. If someone calls you cute, that means they do not take you seriously. Instead of taking it as a compliment or exploring what cuteness could imply, this former took the girl's comment as proof that she was not sexually interested in him. His reaction needs to be understood in relation to the TRP theories about sexual hierarchies and hypergamy, where women are argued to only desire alpha men, but also a wider cultural discourse of masculinity where muscular male bodies often represent a tough and invulnerable masculinity, while cute bodies are associated with vulnerability. In the narrative, cuteness becomes connected to a beta men and something of an antithesis of alpha masculinity. Alphas are considered handsome, tough, sexy, and desirable for women, whereas cute men, particularly if they are short and skinny as this narrator, are regarded as soft, less masculine, and consequently not sexually desirable. In this section, we have shown that young men were attracted to the TRP due to feelings of vulnerability, particularly regarding their lack of sexual success. 
This aligns with research on radicalization, which indicates that young men are drawn to extremist groups not due to ideological beliefs, but because they seek a sense of identity and community and want to prove their masculinity. However, we argue that ideology plays a role in misogynistic radicalization as TRP ideology partly overlaps with the young men's original ideas of heterosexual masculinity. Such discord rejects traits like softness and vulnerability, which may have contributed to the young men's lack of sexual success as it made it difficult for them to recognize when women expressed sexual interest in them. The radicalization narrative suggests that the former red pillars immersed themselves in the manosphere relatively fast. After first encountering TRP, they usually started spending much time on manosphere forums binging TRP content, which soon became an addiction. I was 16 when I discovered and fell for the red pill. I'm 18 now. I went through a phase where I genuinely believed everything the red pill teaches, which I hate myself for to this day. This made me paranoid around women, hating other men who quote, simp. I became obsessed with red pill content to the point where it could be the only content I watched on YouTube. And over time, I absorbed the propaganda and swore to myself I would never get into a relationship in my whole life. After learning about TRP, this narrator started adhering to its ideology and spent much time browsing the manosphere, which created an echo chamber where he only received information from TRP sources. He argues he believed everything he was taught in the community, which caused him to hate men who put women on a pedestal but get little in return, simps, and, most important, made him increasingly paranoid around women. This paranoia is related to TRP ideology, arguing that women are unreliable. While his distancing from relationships suggests he was attracted to the male separatism of men going their own way. This is the one thing I continue to notice out of the red pill rhetoric, right? Is the the regurgitation, the redundant regurgitation of of misogynistic anti-women statements. And then I think, okay, just think about this. If you immerse yourself in this kind of rhetoric all the time, but really you actually want to be with somebody, how do you not create a cognitive dissonance overload? Do you know what I mean? Like you want to be with a woman, you want love, you want that connection, but you continue to immerse yourself in an environment that basically tells you not to want it, that gives you all the reasons in the world to run from it and to be scared of it. So like what, what you know what I mean? I don't really believe men want to be alone. I think men probably can handle being alone. I'm not saying that they're not able to handle it, but I'm like, we we were created as social creatures. We were created as creatures who bond up in pairs. Like that's our shtick, right? That's what sets us apart from all the other animals that in our laws and, and our consciousness and our emotional environment, our emotional reality, right? Like all of that, that's what sets us apart. And what the red pill movement does is number one, tries to get men to deny their emotional reality while at the same time exploiting it, thereby creating more cognitive dissonance. 
and then also just continues to keep you locked in pain and 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 did it have these experiences where now you're paranoid of women to a degree that like you will avoid any places where you think you can run into a woman you know what I mean that makes me think of Raj from the big bang theory right like he was so scared of women like he could only talk around them when he would get drunk right and so it's like and then what ends up happening then, men are so paranoid of women, men are so scared of women, they have all these high expectations that no woman's going to want them because they've somehow con- been convinced that they're mid or they're not even close to mid, so like they're not even worthy of love and romance. But then a woman even pays attention to him and he's like, oh, she loves me, she wants to have sex with me. And then that's probably not the case. She probably just was being a kind person and recognized another human in front of her. And now you're fucking just decimated over the fact that you read that wrong and so then you go back into your head and you're like I suck at this I can't do this damn bitches I hate them fuck these women I don't need but it's like you, you become a walking contradiction because you know that's not true and so all these little collectives and communities that prop themselves up with these big lovely labels to make you feel like you're included in some group or community yeah they're 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 distorting your reality. They're trying to get you to deny your dignity, to deny your reality, and to live stuck inside the reality of someone else from a previous experience that was surrounded in pain and suffering. And honestly, misery loves company. That's why these groups gain so much momentum. Because misery loves company and everybody's stuck in misery and none of these red pill groups or manosphere groups are teaching you how to heal, to grieve, to get over your misery and to step into manifesting the reality that you want, do they? Very, very few. In the manosphere, there's probably less than 1% of people who actually had an intention to make that red pill ideology mean something encouraging and edifying for men, but it's been co-opted and distorted and corrupted because it gained so much power. And now it wants to control all of its members. And how's it doing it? I'm controlling you by telling you, you don't need love. And you're like, you're right. I'm not even worthy of it. I'm ugly. I'm short, whatever it is. And it's just... (sighs) It's demoralizing and dehumanizing and you don't see it. And I just, I wish you would see it. That's all. I just, I wish, look, I I am often accused of being a misandrist by people who have no idea who I am, who have not given me more than like three minutes of their attention. And let's be honest, they probably only give me 30 seconds, heard a word and got triggered and decided I was a bad person because I said a fucking red flag word that was administered in a list by the red pill movement so that people could avoid critical thinking. But I love men. I'm married to a man, right? My dad is a man. I love him. I have three boys. I I have sons. I love men. I love men that I'm in a relationship with somehow, right? I'm in a relationship with my father. We have a familial relationship. I'm in a relationship with my husband. I have a parental relationship with my children. I do love men. And I'm I'm not trying to make men feel bad. But seriously, I want you to really step outside of your misery and your pain and your suffering and your emotions. And I want you to realize that these red pill content creators 
are objectifying you, using you, exploiting you, and discarding you much more quicker than any woman would, right? And all they're doing is convincing you to stay home and stay out of the competitive dating pool to make it easier for them. And these men are losers. They're losers. They are so stuck inside their own heads and in their their incredulous, unrealistic standards and expectations. They have no concept of authentic connection because they don't have any true connection with themselves. They think that they're just some representative of some reputation based on their penis. I mean, they don't even see themselves as a whole person. So I, I wish men would see themselves as a whole person. A whole individual too, by the way, can, can I remind men you're not the collective, you're not the we, you're not all men, you don't speak for all men, you haven't shared all men's experiences, you've only had your own, and what's going on is you're denying yourself your own lived experience by, by being paranoid of women and avoiding women and staying locked up in this manosphere. That's what's happening. They're manipulating you to stay out of the dating pool. They're manipulating you. They're, mani- they're gaslighting you. They're telling you, 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 you can't do this. Just be honest with yourself. You're never going to have love. Why would you ever accept that? Don't accept that. Reject that bullshit. Reject anything that tries to divide you or dehumanize you or demoralize you or reduce you, right? Yeah, yeah. There are much better people to listen to and take advice from. And honestly, if you just really got in touch with yourself, right? Not not just your penis, but like with your mental and emotional dimensions of who you are and tapped into exploring how to develop your erotic identity. Step outside the primitive sexuality and develop your identity. Develop the fullness of who you can be. Step into a higher consciousness where it's not just sex and robotic and methodical and mechanical and because I want it and it's my need. And then, like, learn how to be a sacred spiritual lover. Learn how to fucking connect with a woman. Learn how to really turn a woman on and get her to desire you, right? The red pill, the red pill movement won't teach you that because they don't know. They're struggling themselves. That's why they want you to all join their bandwagon. Anyway. That's what I'm going to leave you with today. I think 40 minutes of my voice is probably a lot to handle. But, you know, some people find my voice sultry. So, until next time, thanks for listening.